David Livingstone comes of a race whose chief pride was that they were honest men. His great-grandfather fell at the Battle of Culloden. His grandfather was a small farmer in Ulva, one of the western islands of Scotland. Here his father was born, but his grandfather, after that event, migrated to a large cotton factory at the Blantyre Works, situated on the Clyde above Glasgow. His uncles all entered His Majesty's service, either as soldiers or sailors, but his father remained at home, and his mother, being a thrifty housewife, in order to make two ends meet, sent her son David at the age of ten to the factory as a piecer. He was fond of study, and with part of his first week's wages he purchased Ruddiman's Rudiments of Latin, and for many years afterwards studied that language at an evening school after his work was done. He also, when promoted at the age of nineteen to cotton spinning, took his books to the factory, and read by placing one of them on a portion of the spinning jenny, so that he could catch sentence after sentence as he passed at his work. He was well paid, however, and having determined to prepare himself for becoming a medical missionary in China, was enabled by working with his hands in summer to support himself while attending medical and Greek classes in Glasgow in winter, as also the divinity lectures of Dr. Wardlow. He was thus able to pass the required examinations, and was at length admitted a licentiate of the Faculty of Physicians and Surgeons. The war in China preventing him from proceeding thither, he offered himself as a missionary to the London Missionary Society, and embarked for Africa in 1840. After reaching Cape Town, he went round to Algoa Bay, whence he proceeded about 800 miles into the interior to Kuruman, the missionary station of the Reverend R. Moffat, whose daughter he afterwards married. Thence he went to Lelepole, where, to gain a knowledge of the language and habits of the inhabitants, the Bakwains, he cut himself off from European society for six months. The Bakwains, however, being driven by another tribe from their country, he was unable, as he had intended, to form a station at that place. He was more successful at Mabotsa, also inhabited by the Bakwains, to which place he removed in 1843. It was here, while in chase of a lion, that he nearly lost his life. He had fired both barrels of his gun and was reloading when the lion, though desperately wounded, sprang upon him, catching his shoulder, both man and beast coming to the ground together. Growling horribly, the fierce brute shook the doctor as a terrier dog does a rat. The shock produced a stupor similar to that which seems to be felt by a mouse after the first shake of a cat. The gun of his companion, a native schoolmaster, who came to his assistance, missed fire when the lion, leaving Dr. Livingstone, attacked him. Another native came up with a spear when the lion flew at him also, but the bullets at that moment taking effect, the fierce brute fell down dead. The chief of the Bakwains, Sechelet, became a Christian and exerted himself for the conversion of his people, restoring his wives to their fathers and living in every respect a thoroughly consistent life. The Dutch Boers, who had pushed forward to the confines of the country, proved, however, most adverse to the success of the mission, by carrying off the natives and compelling them to labour as slaves. By the advice of Dr. Laidley, Sechelet and his people moved to Kolobeng, a stream about two hundred miles to the north of Kuruman, where Dr. Livingstone formed a station. 
he here built a house with his own hands, having learned carpentering and gardening from Mr. Moffat, as also blacksmith work. He had now become handy at almost any trade, in addition to doctoring and preaching, and as his wife could make candles, soap and clothes, they possessed what may be considered the indispensable accomplishments of a missionary family in Central Africa. Among the gentlemen who had visited the station was Mr. Oswell, in the East India Company's service. He deserved to take rank as an African traveller. Hearing that Dr. Livingstone purposed crossing the Kalahara Desert in search of the great Lake Ngami, long known to exist, he came from India on purpose to join him, accompanied by Mr. Murray, volunteering to pay the entire expenses of the guides. The Kalahara, though called a desert from being composed of soft sand and being destitute of water, supports prodigious herds of antelopes, while numbers of